If you have the word of God with you, you can open to Acts chapter 10. Today I want to share about Cornelius, the story of Cornelius and preparation for Peter's visit. And focus on the first six verses of Acts chapter 10, first couple verses talking about Cornelius and his posture toward God as eager to give and eager to pray. And then verse three through six, God's posture toward Cornelius as eager to bless. The Lord is eager to bless those who pray. Let's start with a word of prayer. Oh Lord, we need your grace. Please supply it to us now. Please speak to us by your spirit and stir us, stir us up to pray, stir us up to come to you with hearts that are fully desiring your kingdom to come and your will to be done on this earth for the gospel to spread to the ends of the earth. Please help me now as I share your word in Christ's name. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. We see this description of Cornelius as uh, an Italian man, a Roman, and his occupation as a centurion, as a leader of soldiers. But most notably, we see his character. He's devout. Here's a man who's reverent toward God. And, and it's repeated twice there in a sense when it says he feared God with all his household is added there. He had this profound measure of respect for the Lord, which was unusual for uh, a Roman. And so much so that his whole family, he had led his whole family to respect the Lord, even his children, his, his wife, his servants in his house, uh, even soldiers under his influence uh, were, were devout that later in the story he mentions. And he also had an awareness outside of his own home of people's need for the Lord. It says that he gave alms generously to people. Here we see the transforming grace of God in Cornelius. Men of like position and means are often corrupted by pride and greed. But Cornelius used his position of power to serve the helpless and give of his wealth to meet the needs of the poor. And then we notice he prayed to God always. We see his life of prayer. If we interviewed Mrs. Cornelius, and asked her, what is really important to your husband? She may answer something like this. My husband has a tender heart of compassion for needy people. He's always so eager to give generously to help the poor. And the other thing he's so devoted to is prayer. He's always praying. He speaks to God about everything. When he gets up, he starts praying and continues to talk to the Lord throughout the day. He acts like the Lord is right by his side. I hear him constantly say, Lord, help me with this. Lord, help me with this. And then, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you. And then especially, he sets aside the middle of the afternoon for private prayer. I know, and all the servants know, don't disturb, disturb Cornelius then. 
And then in the evenings, he's faithful in leading our household in prayers to God. I've never known any Roman like this with such a reverence and devotion for the God of Israel. To what degree could our family say this of us, that we are always praying? That's a sobering question. But here, let's recognize that such a work in the life of a man is, is the work of the Spirit of God, by the grace of God. Evidently, the Lord had brought Cornelius to this point of this living relationship with him. Cornelius probably grew up in an idolatrous home. They worshiped the gods of Rome, Jupiter, Venus, Mars. But somewhere along the way, a Jew told him about the one true God, the creator of all, the Lord of all. And the Lord had opened his eyes to recognize that this God of Israel was the only true God, and that he ought to be worshiped and feared and obeyed and trusted. And he ought to be loved as well. What faith it took for this Gentile who wasn't circumcised, who was generally despised by all the Jews, what faith it took for him to receive this God of Israel as his God. And especially we see his faith evident in his prayers. He's not just once in a while. Here is a man who's praying to God constantly. His heart had been stirred by the Lord to seek after the Lord continually. The Lord was preparing him and his family and his friends for a great blessing. And we see this preparation for God's blessing in these next verses, verses three through six, that show us God's posture toward Cornelius. The Lord was eager to bless this man who prayed. And verse three, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. The Lord comes to Cornelius in his time of prayer. In this time of private prayer is when the Lord met him. For him, at least on this occasion, it was three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, Cornelius was, was like us. He probably had some afternoons where he didn't feel like praying. There were many demands upon him as a leader of many soldiers, uh, as one who was under many military officers above him and the demands of his own family. There were times where he would have been called away from his prayer time. There were times when his body was probably tired. His heart was probably dull at times, his faith weak, and yet he still went to the place of prayer and lifted up his petitions and thanksgivings to God. Through his constant prayer, he placed himself in the channel where God's grace flows. And one day, an angel of God walked in on him in his prayer closet. He walked in and called his name, Cornelius. Cornelius is terrified. He's never had this happen before. An angel of the Lord coming. But he managed to respond with the 
the respond of a submissive servant. What is it, Lord? Like Samuel, he's recognizing that God has a message for him. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Cornelius was ready. He was ready to listen to the orders of his master. But before getting to the substance of the message about fetching Peter and all that follows, the Lord wanted to encourage Cornelius. And he begins with this sweet assurance. He assures him that none of his prayers and alms were, were forgotten by God. They're all noticed. They're remembered. And they brought the Lord great pleasure. The Lord says to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. This is the language of, of sacrifice uh, from Leviticus. Leviticus 2 speaks of the offering of a, of a grain offering, taking the flour and oil and frankincense, mixing them all together and, and then burning them on the altar as a memorial offering. And this offering went up as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. What a beautiful phrase that is. The Lord uses this, this language of a sacrifice to speak of how his prayers, Cornelius' prayers, came up to the Lord like this pleasing aroma. Cornelius had never been in the temple. He had not been allowed to participate in these sacrifices, but his obedience was better than sacrifice. And the Lord noticed his obedience. The Lord remembered his prayers. The Lord delighted in all of this praying and in these acts of giving. What a powerful encouragement this is for us to continue steadfastly in prayer. Were we day 866 today? The God of Cornelius is, is our God today. So let's keep pressing on in daily prayer with the assurance that the prayer of the upright is his delight, counted as incense before him a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Well, we see in verse five, what the Lord does next is the Lord commands him, gives him very direct instructions. And it's interesting to me how the Lord speaks uh, Cornelius to Cornelius in his own language. Cornelius is a military man and the message of the Lord comes in a military fashion, very direct, detailed, and brief. Uh, Cornelius is dispatch his men to a specific city to find a specific person lodging at a specific house who will come and give Cornelius the next orders. Here the Lord is reminding Cornelius he is his master. Cornelius is his servant. And Cornelius, he obeys immediately just as a submissive servant should. The Lord was doing all of this because he was preparing a great blessing. Why did God so move Cornelius to pray so steadfastly? I think this text answers with a, this question like this. The Lord had been working in Cornelius to stir up his love for others and his faith in God expressed in persistent prayer because the Lord was setting him up for a tremendous blessing. The Lord was eager to bless a Gentile family with the precious gift of his Holy Spirit. He wanted to show the world that he loves the Gentiles too. And so the eyes of the Lord that run to and fro throughout the whole earth to find a man who is, who is blameless, who is wholehearted to give his support to, 
the Lord's eyes stopped on Cornelius. And this wholehearted Gentile who would first receive the spirit was the one whom God chose, the one whom God prepared to receive his blessing and to be this channel of blessing to others, even his own family and friends. The prophetic promise of our Lord in Acts 1.8 that the Holy Spirit would come and empower his witnesses to, to proclaim his, his truth out from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. This was being fulfilled after Pentecost was what set this all in motion, the, the Spirit coming there and then persecutions, what, what caused them to go out from there to Judea in the south and Samaria in the north. And now, now Caesarea is the far northwest from Jerusalem. The gospel is now spreading to the ends of the earth. These are the acts of the Holy Spirit recorded for us to show God uses servants devoted to prayer to advance his gospel and further his mission and to spread the wonderful gift of the filling of the spirit to everyone who hears the word and believes. So let's be eager to pray because our God is eager to bless us. Amen.